I'd like to share with you one of my favorite vignettes in a Monty Python sketch that should be required viewing for all economics students. John Cleese plays a banker who simply cannot grasp the concept of charity. Asked to contribute to the Orphans Fund, and I am quoting from memory here, the banker frowns in puzzlement and reviews the proposed procedure. I give you a pound, and then you give it to the orphans. Is that right? Assured that this is indeed the way it works, Cleese pauses and shakes his head. I'm sorry, he says. I don't wish to seem stupid, but it still appears as if I'm out a pound. That, of course, is the outlook of the implacable investor. The gospel for today would not be of much help to Cleese. It is strange indeed. It seems written from the perspective of a modern-day investor, conditioned to expect and respect profit. Thus, the two slaves who invested and doubled the master's funds are strongly commended in Matthew's Gospel, and the cautious slave who merely protected the master's money is vilified. But everything else in Matthew's Gospel, and for that matter, in all the early Christian literature, is written from a different perspective, which has been called a peasant perspective. That outlook would immediately have empathized with and approved the cautious slave's refusal to risk his master's money. What I'm about to say further about this story is partly dependent upon the research of professors Bruce Molina and Richard Rohrbaugh as presented in their book, Social Science Commentary on the Synaptic Gospels. The professors begin by consulting an early, admired, fourth-century Christian source, Eusebius, who became bishop of Caesarea in Palestine around the year 314. Eusebius reports that a different version 
of today's gospel is provided in a document entitled The Gospel of the Nazareans. That gospel apparently predated Matthew, was written closer than Matthew to the time of the earthly Jesus, and thus may have been more faithful to his actual words than something written later. Eusebius had read the Gospel of the Nazareans, but it has since become lost to us. In the missing Gospel, apparently, are the same three slaves and the same master and the div same division of money. But as told by that gospel's Jesus, the master commends the slave who protected his money, rebuked the middle slave for being needlessly careless, and actually punished the one who risked the largest amount. The Nazarene account now lost, presents the opposite of what we have in today's gospel reading from Matthew. And the lost version squares much more easily with all else we know about Jesus's teachings than does Matthew's version. We will never know for sure which perspective, that of the investor or of the peasant, the historical Jesus actually invoked. It seems appropriate to today to say, however, that whatever Jesus wanted us to do or not do with money, Christians, in fact, are very generous in supporting churches. And did you know that Christians also generously support numerous other entities that try to help people having a difficult time. Interestingly, an article in the journal Philanthropy of some years ago states unambiguously that religion drives charitable giving in America. Quote, in study after study, religious practice is the behavioral variable with the strongest and most consistent association with generous giving. Americans with any religious affiliation make average annual charitable donations of more than twice what is given 
to, by those with no religious affiliation. In addition to giving larger amounts, the religious give more often, making gifts about half again as frequently as non-religious people. Close quote. I think that is a great witness to some of the deepest principles of Christian love and service to others, and we should feel good about it. But I cannot close without mentioning one final statement about Jesus, wealth, and privilege. It was made by the Roman Catholic Archbishop of Paris in the 1820s. One fine day, he actually told the faithful, quote, Jesus Christ was not only the Son of God, he was also of aristocratic family on his mother's side. Close quote. Hallelujah and amen.